0: Coming up on today's Lockdown Bucks, we take a look back at the weekend and to recap the win over the Atlanta Hawks, another what will go down as a clutch win, though this one may not have really felt like it in those final few minutes, but a trend that continues for the Bucks and we'll also take a look ahead to Tuesday night's quarterfinals of the in-season tournament, everything you need to know about what happens when and hopefully if we're Hopefully win if the Bucks win that game against the New York Knicks on today's Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Bucks. I'm Justin Garcia, one of the hosts of the pod. You can also hear me on the Bucks Radio Network joined by Camille Davis, who you've heard on this pod many times before, our co-host here, and you can catch her work on the Technical Foul podcast and for all the Packers fans as well, the Carry the G in MKE podcast. Um, We thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen each and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and viewable on YouTube as part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. $150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. Um, Camille, so we saw, I said at the top, another game that the Bucks uh, win that will go down as a win in the clutch it's part of, I think, this game against the Hawks is part of why it's good to take some high-level things from these clutch numbers that I think we've beaten over everybody's head through this first five weeks of the season. But there's some of the things of, eh, yeah, I see the high picture, the overall big picture here, but that game against the Hawks, clutch win, sure, but we had, what, I'm going to guess maybe 50 seconds of clutch play in that game?
1: I mean... I guess you could, you could definitely phrase it that way. Um, I definitely was taking a look at the game towards the fourth quarter. When we got to that five minute mark in the fourth, I believe the bucks were up by two at that point. And then the bucks opened up their biggest lead of the entire game throughout that last stretch during the last five minutes of the fourth quarter to secure the victory. And the margin would have been a little bit bigger had the Hawks not got that last second three uh, to drop and make the score look a little bit closer than what it was in that moment. But it was an interesting game because the last time we saw the Hawks, it was before it was pre drop Brook. And that's an important timeline to keep in mind. And we watched the Hawks cook the Bucks up in various ways. And this was at a point in the season, I believe it was our second game or third game of the season at this point, where Trey Young was cold. He was still trying to figure it out. I don't mean cold with like his celebration, but <laughs> he just wasn't shooting the ball well yet at that point when we saw him. Um, and as we've seen from the Hawks over their last five or six games, they have been lighting the scoreboard up. I mean, they had the game against the Pacers where I think they scored 157 points or something crazy like that. They've had 130 some point games. Like they've scored over a hundred in their last few. So coming into this game, it was like, I'm really interested to see how this Bucks team looks against this Hawks team because the circumstances are so much different this time around than the last time when we saw them. And, for most of the game, it was back and forth. It was really a game of runs. You see the Hawks rip off a 7-0 run, and the Bucks get an 8-0 run. And you're going back and forth and back and forth. And it's, it's the same conversations, right? Like the point of attack defense look weak where you're like, ah, Trey and Murray keep getting to where they want to get to on the floor because they're being pretty much walked to their spots on the court. And then Brooke has to try to play too. And for as great as Brooke is defensively protecting the rim, you're put in a difficult situation where you're consistently having to defend two different guys at the same time. And it's going to test even the best defender. So I was happy to see the Bucs come through in the clutch in this game, but there are still some things to clean up. And I'm starting to wonder if this just is going to be how this team plays. And if it's time for us as Bucs fans, people who watch the Bucs to readjust how we expect this team to win going forward.
0: All right. When you said readjust, I was thinking, especially since I, imagine, I, I mentioned what else you do outside of the Bucks, I was wondering if you would use another word that starts R-E.
1: Oh, we're not relaxing with, at this okay. point. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, I was wondering if that's where you're headed. And also, uh, you, as you pointed out, my math a little off there. I think it was two minutes, 34 seconds. So a lot off of uh, actual clutch time. Because it was the first two minutes of that period, basically, that it was within that five-point margin. And then it went up to... Uh, 7 and and once it got there it basically stayed there. Uh um, I thought it was interesting too that when we heard from Quinn Snyder before the game a, a couple of the questions kind of pertain to the first matchup between these two teams. And uh, again, I do think it's worth pointing out as as you and I have talked about the process that this year is going to be and the subtle signs of growth that we've continued to see that that was game number 2 of the regular season where everything was still very new. Uh, it felt like it was an emotional win on opening night, and it still felt like it was Damian Lillard would just just kind of airlifted into Milwaukee for that game specifically. He wins it, and then you figure out, okay, what do we do from here? That that team was, was still learning and figuring things out, and the Hawks embarrassed them. They were up by 30-plus. Uh, they led for all of the game. They ended up winning by double digits, and nothing looked right. For the Bucks. that was in that stretch too, where Brooke Lopez was playing out in the perimeter a whole lot more it wasn't until two more games that were being played that we would see those adjustments made on defense for this team and when Quinn Snyder was asked about that first game and, and basically hey you guys dominated them what went right he gave a lot of really good answers about um, his team and the process because it's not that different from what Griff is going through when you think about Quinn taking over the Hawks Past the All Star break a season ago, that that was basically what we described for Dame's first game with the Bucks. That was basically what Quinn Snyder did for the games he coached last year. Of I'm new here, you guys just kind of do what works for you, and we'll slowly start to implement these things. But it's going to be the off season and next year. So, in in one sense, Quinn Snyder is in a very very similar spot to Adrian Griffin this year. But you know, he mentioned ebbs and flows of the season quite a bit when we talked uh, with Quinn Snyder yesterday, and I think that's another important thing to be aware of that we have pointed out. It's not to cover up for any miscues and anything that goes wrong. It's just naturally how the season works, and especially when it's a new group and so much change, that there's ups and downs. And, and, And Quinn Snyder basically said, you know, that first game for us, it was an up. We've had a lot of downs since. Damian Lillard played really poorly. I don't expect him to do that. Uh, again, in terms of the way that he shot the ball, um, but, you know, sometimes you you just get into this rhythm was his overall story of one thing goes right for you, it carries into the next thing, it carries into the next thing, and you get better just by winning, but it doesn't last that you go through these ebbs and flows. And I think what we've seen is both teams have been on different trajectories of those ebbs and flows throughout the course of this season.
1: And like you mentioned, that's just a normal part of the NBA season, any season with any sport. Like it's so long. Like, even in the NFL where it's only 17 games, the season itself is still long. And within that, you go through all these ups and downs. And for this Bucks team. I know some people are probably tired of hearing about the different changes that were made and they're looking around the league and seeing other teams that are getting it together, quote unquote, quicker. Uh, But again, these are very long seasons. Like I take a look at the standings every so often. and I was looking at the West and I was like, man, Memphis is really struggling so far early this season. And some people are writing them off, but it's like we just turned the calendar on to December. There is a lot more seasons to, to be played. A team can go on a run. Teams that are at the top can go on losing streaks. You're just never sure exactly what is going to happen. And when you look at this Bucks team in particular, it's been really interesting to watch how they've grown so far throughout this season because I think about some things you heard in training camp, right? And initially it seemed to me like even Brooke Lopez, when he was talking about the changes made to the defense, he seemed like he was trying to be positive. But he's you can tell he's kind of like, I'm, I'm not exactly sure about it, but like, hey, what we're going to try it out, try it out for four games. And they went back to something more familiar yet with a few different wrinkles into it, because I've seen with these grip teams, even when Brooks on the floor, that it appears that they're switching more on the perimeter uh, one through four. As well as you know, they they just they gamble a lot more. They're really playing passing lanes, they're going for steals, and at times that's going to put them out of position. You see it like two or three times every game, it feels like where someone goes for the steal, they miss it, and it's an easy bucket on the other end for that team. But it's like you said, it's ebbs and flows. And even with that, like I look at the starting five group, and we've had conversations about is this the best starting five unit for this team, given what the strengths and the weaknesses are of them. We continuously talk about point of attack defense and how that's a struggle. So we've had questions like, well, is Malik Beasley the right fifth starter to have? Should it be somebody who's more defense oriented? And this last game was one where I'm like, you can really see the starting five clicking with one another. And that's why I was like, maybe I just have to readjust the way I view this team because we're so used to the Bucks being led by their defense. Uh, maybe it's time to readjust and say like, hey, Can we have a championship formula here if we're led by our offense? And with the way the game is going with all these high-scoring games, it's nice to be able to know that if you do get into a shootout, you have Damian Lillard on your team who is great in those moments. You have Giannis, you know, two-time MVP. We know his credentials at this point. We know what he can do when the game's on the line, when the stakes are high. And we have Chris Middleton as well, who throughout this season so far, ups and downs right? The minute restrictions, we saw him have a couple little injuries to keep him out for a little bit with the Achilles tightness. And we're hoping at this point that he can just remain healthy for the long haul here and seeing how things go with him. So yeah, it's definitely ebbs and flows. And I felt like this Hawks team, Hawks game in the last five minutes where it's like, ah, this just might be who this Bucks team is with this personnel at the very
0: least. Yeah, and I, I do want to get to one thing that continues to be a constant for this team. It's not just what this team has done uh, in the clutch, but some other numbers to throw at you as well. Uh, as we look at smaller sample sizes for this Bucks team this season, we will uh, get into that after the break. But uh, first, have to talk to you about our friends at Jace Medical I know we come to sports to escape from some crazy realities of the real world, but uh, if we can just talk for a minute about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in more than a decade. Potentially scary stuff there. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than your significant other, kids, your wife, whoever it is, husband that gets sick while supply chain issues keep them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we will be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, uh, skin infections, among others. This stuff could really help any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared for today. Go to jacemedical.com, that's Jace with a J, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com, and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your first order. And Camille, Locked On has launched the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 coverage of the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. And to those uh, subscribers, you've seen quite a bit of Locked On Bucks on that uh, national channel of late as well. I would assume we'll continue to see more of it as this team becomes more and more interesting uh, to cover throughout the course of this season you mentioned what we saw in the fourth quarter and you know is this just what what we can come to expect from the Bucs? is this the bucks team is this their identity i guess is the way to put it and you know we we all talked about this after the game against the bulls but you certainly don't want to be playing the percentage of games the bucks have this season in the clutch and i think the staggering part is They're not even the league leaders that you have teams that have played 13 and 16 games already. Uh, They're usually bad teams that get there, but the Bucks have played 12 of their 20 games in these clutch situations. It is good to go through those reps and to figure out how to win together as a team and especially a new team that's coming together. But I I think at some point you would also not be opposed to seeing a string of double-digit victories. But I think when you examine it even further, it is worth pointing out. And I, I kind of joked about this on our network postgame show last night that, hey, I would imagine we're going to hear this line from Adrian Griffin. Sure enough, it was maybe the second question that he answered <laughs> that he gave us. And we've heard it quite a bit this season, but it seems to ring true for this team for whatever reason. And that is your fourth quarter has to be your best quarter. Mm-hmm. And the last five minutes of that quarter are critical. This team, we've gone over the numbers in the clutch, where I think with last night's performance, they're third in offense. I believe they're sixth in defense now and the best efficiency in the clutch um, in those moments of games. Fourth quarter is extremely similar, that for whatever reason, this group has been at their best. And we've heard that message from Adrian Griffin, and it's carried through, that this team has played their best in the fourth quarter, on both ends of the floor. It's not just, hey, the offense has been been unstoppable. That's been a big part of it. Defense has basically been league average in the fourth quarter, and I think as as you and me and Frank have talked about throughout the course of this season, ideally that's the scenario you shoot for. If we can have a league average defense or slightly better than league average, this offense keeps showing those signs of moving towards where we think it's going to be, and that's elite And if your defense does enough to keep you in the game, your offense should be able to take you home, especially, and I think this is the big part, with how different it is this year that you have a half-court scorer like Damian Lillard and you have more shooters that can just catch fire, like a Malik Beasley as well, that it's not the construct it's been in seasons past where it was a good offense, but it was built around transition and getting those points off of turnovers, crashing the glass, and, and getting out on the move.
1: I mean, under Bud, we we made jokes about the half court offense, where we're just like, "Woo boy!" Like this Bucks half court offense is going to be a struggle um, in this moment because of how they got most of their points, right? And now looking at the team as it's currently constructed with Dame under Griff, the half court offense, especially in the fourth quarter, like you mentioned, it comes to life. Like it's just a bunch of guys who are taking it seriously. And I listened to Damian Lillard's post. Uh, post-game conference if you want to call it that after the Hawks game and he was just mentioning like yeah it's great that we turned on the fourth I think it just comes down to the fact that you know it's time to lock in and we really focus we communicate the most at that time in the game he was like but we don't want that to just be it for us we have to continue to get better quarters one through three like it can't just be the fourth and hearing that, and I was like, I'm glad you know, we hear the player saying we got to keep working, we're growing with each other. But hearing Dame call that out yesterday after that win, where it was such a dominant win in the clutch, it wasn't one of those like it kept going back and forth late and you had to continue adding on in heroics. It was we built out that lead pretty early in the clutch time, you know, under five minutes, and we rolled out from there. Again, mentioned biggest lead of the game came during that period, and he's like, We have to continue to get better. And one thing I kept looking at was in the first half, there were times where the defense was all right and the Hawks were just making some tough shots. But in the second half, I noticed where I'm like, okay, things are breaking down and guys are getting open looks. But at this point, the Hawks had cooled down. The first half between both teams, you know, it was a shooting clinic. Like both teams were shooting over 50 percent from the field. It was an offensive just track meet at that point and then things started cooling down if the Bucs can just clean up some of the miscommunications defensively I think they'll already be in a better place because they just allow at times where you're like who's supposed to rotate over here who's covering for here okay if Bobby's in the game and now we're hedging really hard who's showing behind him until Bobby can recover back to where he needs to be so as they continue playing together I would hope that those things continue to get cleaned up because you can't just continuously lean on the fourth quarter. Like it's nice to have that in your pocket to know no matter what, when we get down to this point in the game, we have a chance to win it. And I mentioned it before. That's what we saw with last year's uh, heat team. And when they continue, when they beat us in the playoffs where it's like, oh, we're up by 20 in the third quarter, like this game should be in the bag, but it never was because that heat team never gave up. And you love to have that in a team. And I would love to have a Bucks team that has that in them as well. I would just hope that as the season continues, what you don't continue to see is a team where quarters one through three, it just feels like, what are you doing right now? Like, where is the urgency? Just playing a, a complete game really is what it comes down to. And if they can do that consistently, they'll start hitting some of those tiers and expectations that people have for them in the preseason, I believe.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because when the bucks win we'll talk to one of the players on our on our post game and last night it was Bobby Portis and i brought that up to him as well of you know can you explain why it is that, that you guys not only in the clutch but this fourth quarter this has been your best quarter and i know we mentioned by the numbers it's it's their best so just to back that up 130.2 offensive rating Ooh. in the fourth quarter um for the bucks that is basically five points per 100 possessions better than the Indiana Pacers, who are second on that list, who, by the way, have had the best offense in the history of the league uh, through these first 20 games of the season. That's how good the offense has been. Defense is at a 114, which is right around your season average, and that's 16th, and the net rating is 16.1 in the fourth quarter. So their defense does enough to keep them around, and their offense just takes it to another level. Again, when you got Damian Lillard, who scored 67 points in the clutch so far. That's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. But Bobby gave basically the same answer that you mentioned by Dame of, you know, we're a resilient team. We're a team that I think a large part of that group. We've been together for a while. We've been through these spots. And you think about the playoff run that got the NBA championship. Bobby and Pat Connaughton were big pieces of that. It wasn't just Giannis and Chris and Drew and Brooke. So his response was basically, we've been through this. We know how to win in these spots. But he added too. you know, I think we need to work on consistency, though, because I would like to see a better first through third quarter that we can't put ourselves in this spot all the time. So, look, it's one thing to say, it's another thing to do it. But we're at least hearing that message from multiple players as well, that they know we can't count on just keep us in it for 44 minutes, 43 minutes. And this guy over here and Giannis, they'll take it from there, that they're cognizant of that. As well, so now it's it's just a matter of, of seeing that um, put into place. The other thing I would point out too is, look, we've reached the point of you're basically a quarter of the way through the season. There's a couple of interesting trends that have kind of taken off for the Bucks, and that is the subtle growth we mentioned that we've seen uh, defensively. I believe they're somewhere around twentieth right now in terms of season as a whole with their uh, defensive rating right around uh, 20th is, is where they're currently 21st is where they're at 115.1. So again, that fourth quarter defense, just slightly better than what we've seen for their season average. It's the offense that has just taken it to a whole nother level. Um, but when you look at all of that, we've seen some minor steps and minor moves in the right direction. And even things like looking at the last two weeks, I know people will point to the Buck schedule. I get that. You can also only play who's on your schedule. Exactly. I suppose we should take that back because of the whole invention of the in-season tournament now that you don't technically have someone on your schedule um, outside of that Knicks game. But they've taken care of business for the most part against those teams. If you look at the last two weeks on uh, cleaning the glass, they've been okay, basically. you know, They haven't been a total disaster. They've had the seventh best um, rating, net rating, uh, they've been fourth in offense, and again, defense is where you would point to with the issues, rating 19th. That's in eight games that they've played, and I know four of them have been against pretty bad teams. When you think about two against the Washington Wizards, you had that game against the Blazers. You lost the game against the Chicago Bulls, but let's also not lose sight of the fact that at the time you played the Dallas Mavericks, they were then one of the best teams in the league. I know you lost the game. But that's a game against the Boston Celtics that's lumped in there as well. You beat the Miami Heat, albeit without Tyler Hero or or Jimmy Butler, but that's a playoff team. And now this Atlanta Hawks team, they didn't have Jalen Johnson, but they did have DeJounte Murray and Trey Young. So it's not just cupcakes that the Bucs have been beating up on. Have they played the toughest schedule in league? No. But it's not as if they've been playing all bottom feeders so far.
1: It's very true. And the other thing that's interesting, that's not to say that the teams that we named aren't bad, but there are definitely a handful of bad teams in the league as we record this. Detroit, Washington, Charlotte, Chicago, Spurs, and Blazers, the Jazz, you can throw in there. We haven't played too many Western Conference teams, so I don't want to mention too many of them, but my point that I'm trying to make is that although we have some bad teams, I think you always will have bad teams in any league. Just the overall talent in the league has increased to the point where half your schedule is not going to be like, Oh, these are all going to be cakewalks here. It's going to be like, okay, these are teams that want, like, if we're looking at standings where it's like, okay, this is a team that's going to be playing for a plan. Are we playing for a playoff spot? Like they have the talent to do so. I mean, we lost to the magic. And in theory, when you hear, wow, you lost to the magic. It sounds bad because you're used to what the Magic have been. But at this point, the Magic are second in the East where you're like, OK. And then you see, you
0: know, the an elite defense, too.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And then you see like the Celtics lost in overtime to the Hornets without LaMelo. And you're kind of like, OK, well, things happen on a night to night basis. But with the Bucks, it's more so looking at the process. Like, how did you lose? What happened? And is it a bad loss? I don't want to say a good loss, but like there are some losses where you're like, it was kind of out of our control. We've talked about it before in the bud years, calling them the outlier games where it's like, ah, they got really hot from shooting. Something we could really do about that. You know, the shots weren't all open. We were there. So you look to see what the progress is like. What's the process in the game of how we got to the end result? How did that look? And that's how I'm looking at things for the Bucks at this point. We're getting close to that Christmas mark, right? And December doesn't look like it's going to be that much of a, a more difficult schedule, For the Bucs, not to say that it's no difficulty whatsoever, because that in-season tournament does throw an interesting wrinkle in there for you. Like The Bucs are seeing the Knicks on Tuesday, and then if they win, they'll see either the Pacers or the Celtics. And if you win there, you're going to see either like the Lakers, the Suns, the Pelicans, or I forget the fourth team. Um, Kings. Yes, in the the West. So it's like those are going to be three difficult games uh, this upcoming week if you continue to win whereas other teams are going to be playing up against some of those teams that are currently at the bottom of the standings extra times because of how the schedule worked out. So you only play who's in front of you, but at this point, the Bucs just kind of need to continue to get those reps in. So I'm not necessarily like, I wish our schedule was so much tougher right now in this moment, uh, but like it's opportunity for this team to continue to grow and continue to figure out how to play and get that communication down, especially on the, the defensive end of the floor.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, That's the last point that you brought up is a really good one because you think about the flip of a coin, essentially, in that, yes, you want to advance and and win this first-ever in-season tournament and what that brings, especially the added revenue um, for the players. But as you mentioned, the Bucs, and, and we'll get into this after the break as well, they got the Knicks, who have been one of the best teams in the league as well with their offense playing very efficiently. And when I mentioned those fourth-quarter numbers, the Knicks are second-best in the league. So they've been very good in those spots. Then from there, if you win, well regardless, you know your next game is either the Celtics or the Pacers, either in the tournament or as your consolidation game and those have been two of the best teams in the league, a team that you thought would be in there, the Philadelphia 76ers. They get the Wizards and the Hawks, which right. again, we've seen the Hawks, you know, play up and down throughout the course of the season. They're clearly the better of those two teams, but that's a lot different. Then the two teams the Bucks are catching the Magic, who only missed the in season tournament because Joe Missoula was running up the score against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they get the the Cleveland Cavaliers and uh, their other game. I think is it's another one of those lower teams um, in the league that that they have to round out the Pistons, who who by that point may be on an 18 game losing streak. That those are the margins of eh, it's a bummer to miss it, but also well then we get two games against two of the 21 bottom tier teams. And I I use that very loosely, but that's just how much it changes based on this in season tournament. And it's, it's going to add some interesting wrinkles we've touched on in the past in terms of the schedule that we'll get to uh, coming up after the break as well. When we come back, we will dive into that quarterfinals game against the Knicks and uh, everything you need to know about the quarterfinals, about the in-season tournament, about how to get to Milwaukee and be a part of, and I use this loosely, but be a part of history for the first quarterfinals game played at Fiserv Forum. We'll get to that after we fill you in about FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet, $150 if your team wins. The weather's getting colder But thankfully, NFL deals are staying hot on FanDuel. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. You've got spreads, player props, over-unders, you name it. They have it on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's your place to be for the NFL season. FanDuel, official betting partner of the NFL. So we mentioned, Camille, uh, the Knicks on Tuesday, and it should be, I expect, a very, very fun atmosphere at Fiserv Forum. There are still limited tickets available. It's an interesting spot, too, for the operations crew and uh, everybody behind the scenes for the Bucs because these games were not included on the schedule. And look, it shouldn't be hard to drum up interest and sell tickets to the first ever actual tournament game of this in-season tournament. And I think we've seen that in the first couple of days, those tickets are made available. It's going to be interesting if the Bucs lose, because there's, there's two scenarios. If the Bucs lose that game, they will play either the Pacers or the Celtics. So it's going to depend on who loses that game on Monday night. And either way, You mentioned the the schedule and how different it is for these teams that qualified versus those that did not. Um, For the Bucs, they will play five games against the Knicks this year. Mm -hmm. So should it come down to it, head-to-head is going to determine the tiebreaker in any playoff seedings. And they'll play five games against whoever it is they get from that Pacers-Celtics matchup as well, which could be big for the Central Division, although we hope not, and could potentially be big for that top seed or any seed with the Boston Celtics, where that is going to determine who wins that tiebreaker should you need it. So it's, it's going to be very fluid and I think it's, it's going to bring a lot of excitement as we saw. Once you approach the end of group play, you could see that added intensity where the bucks were one of the few teams that I think established early. We recognize the importance of point differential. Adrian Griffin talked about it after that. uh, What was it? The Hornets game where they kept Mm -hmm. their starters in late and they won big. And then slowly you started to see more coaches adopt it. We didn't really see it universally until that last night or the, the Friday night as well, those last two nights of group play. Uh, but that has made games more interesting. And now you get the one thing that I think everybody has longed for, especially for a college basketball fan. And the wouldn't it be great if we had uh, just a single elimination style bracket here eight teams, but you get that now starting Tuesday where it's basically going to be like a game seven played in December.
1: I'm here for it. I was somebody who, when they announced the NBA cup, I was like, don't know what this will look like, but let's see what it looked What it's going to be like. I was just kind of like, Hey, we don't have anything to lose because if it doesn't work, you just don't do it anymore. Like at least you're trying something different to drum up interest. And I feel like so far it has, and we haven't even gotten to the Vegas portion of it, but the NBA put together their uh, hype video for the upcoming games here for the knockout rounds. And it was really cool actually seeing like some of the player clips talking about how, Hey, it's an in season tournament game and oh, this feels different and seeing all the clips from the different courts. And I just love the branding of it. Now there's of course debate about how good all of these courts actually look, but the fact that you can turn on your TV and instantly be like, Oh, this must be an in season tournament game because the courts are, you know, these solid colors, they're they're bright courts, the jerseys are different. And I've loved that aspect of it. And when you throw in the other half of it, how it affects the standings, how it affects teams, listen, we know how rivalries are formed. You're playing the same teams over and over and over in high stakes situations. I'm not saying the NBA Cup is going to be a very high stakes situation, but for the Bucks that have seen the Knicks already and you see them again now, you see them again around Christmas time, like you're going to see a lot of the Knicks before this year ends i believe four matchups against the knicks before yeah, 2023
0: yeah, yeah back-to-back games going into to christmas day
1: so like in itself like it's going to be a thing where you're like mm, bucks knicks might feel a little different come christmas time because they've already seen each other so many different times you add in the the standing applications of it you add in just how teams have been approaching it i'm i'm a fan of it and i know we're going to have more time to talk about it um, on tuesday's show leading into the game but it's I'm just here for it. It's just a fun thing the NBA is trying, and it's bringing some interest to the game before Christmas, which is the deadline. Everybody always says the league doesn't start until Christmas. It's too many games, but now, hey, and season tournaments liven things up.
0: There's at least been more interest. You're you're never gonna steal everything from the NFL, and this is gonna be a tough time on the calendar for the NBA because of the NFL because you're moving into bowl season and you have conference championships and and just. Big rivalry games in college football, but you're at least getting some of that attention now by doing this. And I think that was the overall goal. So, again, Tuesday night, 6.30 in Milwaukee. And um, from there, the scenarios are if the Bucs win, they will play Thursday. Time TBD. It's either going to be 4 o'clock Thursday afternoon or 8 o'clock Thursday night. If they lose, then they play Friday. So you could have two days off. Um, or you, you get one day off, you play Thursday, and then potentially again Saturday in Vegas for the uh, for the finals. So the, the semifinals and the finals are played in Las Vegas. And the last thing, so there were six teams that did not play on Saturday night. No teams played on Sunday. And the only games scheduled Monday and Tuesday are quarterfinals games. So if you were one of those six teams that didn't play Saturday, you have like a mini all-star break, of four yeah. days off before you play again on uh on Wednesday so that's again the two sides of it where yeah you you get to win in advance but your schedule gets tougher or you get this lighter opponent and you also get half of a week off which I'm sure a lot of the players certainly would not uh complain about so Tuesday night it's the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament and Camille and Frank will be back to recap that one for you and hopefully preview who the Bucks are going to be playing on Thursday night in the finals of the in-season tournament uh, we'll be back with that game recap on Tuesday for Camille. I'm Justin. We'll talk to you then. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.